welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast. My name is Dan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Adenoma. Hey. How's it oh. going, guys? <laughs> and we're covering, it's going. covering some comics today. Getting back into the old stuff. old New mm-hmm. old stuff? Old new stuff. I don't know. Exactly. But what are we covering the today? past and present. Yeah, exactly. Today, we are discussing the events of Dr. Afro Volume 1. Uh, asterisk with that. Nothing for the... Was it the Screaming Empire? Screaming Citadel. Screaming mm. Citadel. Yeah, that's that comes up after what we've just done. So we've got we're going over today at Volume One, which is issues one to six of Doctor Afro 2016. Make that apparent because there are about four different ones when you search <laughs> Doctor Afro comic. Yep. But it is the 2016 version, issues one to six, and we'll be continuing with this for a little bit. It's a really interesting series, and you get to see one of the a bright character that came out of Disney ish, but <laughs> it's still, it's still a series worth reading. We Again, this is the first six issues and you're already like, okay, what next? Exactly. Okay, what next? Yeah. Like her story is very, and her backstory is very interesting. So we're going to go mm-hmm. through that today. Uh, we'll be discussing what happened and then our thoughts on what may happen, which is a lot more interesting considering this is a really interesting time period. And if we found any Easter eggs, we'll mention them and what they relate to as things go. If you've read this, this, I guess, volume as well, and you want to get your points in, either something we may have missed or something that you want more information on or just interesting things you know about this series, feel free to contact us. There's many ways to do so. Noma's going to let you know a little bit about that. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, as always, the easiest way to get in contact with us is our website, and that is voiceoftheforce.com. We've also got an email, and that is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, on social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. The handle for all of those is at voiceforcepod. As always, retweeting and reposting our new episode tweets does help with growing a listener base and is very much appreciated. Uh, and you can listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. As always, reviewing us with five stars on a comment helps with visibility, and you can subscribe for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases. Uh, and as always, we are still on Twitch. Uh, we're doing that three times a week. That is twitch.tv slash voiceforcegaming. Right now, that's divided into three uh, fairly different types of videos. Uh, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. EST, uh, myself and my VTuber friend, uh, Roomba friend, ironically, are currently still doing our uh, Elden Ring seamless co-op playthrough. Um, if you've been following along uh, with the VODs or on stream, you'll know that last week was, uh, I think, a little bit salty is the kind way to put it. Um, but this week was a lot better. Uh, we took out a, a bunch more bosses uh we're slowly making our way to the weeping peninsula so it's all fun stuff there as i slowly teach Roomba how to play elden ring uh on fridays i am with my arma star sim group uh that is the 91st mobile reconnaissance force where we do star wars arma missions and i'm usually either a tank operator or kind of the uh mission controller kind of like a dm uh, dungeon master but for you know an arma operation which is quite a lot of fun uh and then on saturdays it's the it's me piloting uh star wars empire at war thrones revenge uh with ed and dan and we all just have a fun time as we slowly crush the ga- the galaxy under our foot in the name of peace order and security of course for my new empire of course, of course. 
course. But yeah, hope you can join us there. And if you're ever curious on uh, what our gameplays are like, there's a whole bunch of clips that are uploaded uh, to our channel. And so you can always take a look there and see what you think. And then, yeah, you know, I, I try to get all the best moments uh, for those so that everybody uh, can enjoy our content, uh, no matter what type of form it is, long or short. But once again, that is twitch.tv slash voiceforcegaming. And without further ado, here's your spoiler warning. If you have not read this comic, I highly recommend reading through the Darth Vader series first and then start this comic and then read this and then listen to this episode because if you don't, you're not going to know who Aphra is. You're not going to know what happened before unless you read the opening crawl, which doesn't give you a bunch of information. But <laughs> highly recommend it because you'll be a little lost, but it's a good story. So without further ado, let's get into the credits for this comic. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, for Dr. Afro Volume 1, uh, the writer is Kieran Gillen. The artist is Salvatore La Roca. Uh, the colorist is Edgar Delgado. And the letter is VC's Joe Caramagna. Uh, as always, if I've mispronounced anybody's names, I apologize for that. Um, it also kind of goes towards something that I was talking about last episode, where I was saying, you know, I know Salvador La Roca does really good work, so I was a little bit surprised with some of the Yoda's Secret War stuff. This one kind of backs me up there. There's a lot of really nice work uh, in this uh, in the Afro series. It looks really good the whole way through. Um, I'm also a little bit curious, though, if that's everybody's credits, because the art style changes dramatically uh, up until really the last two issues. Double check. Um, five I'll and six are that. pretty... I mean, you know, if, if that's the case, that's all good, but... Um, yeah, it's it's very unique in every single approach, right up until the when the plot kind of comes together. Um, but yeah, without any further ado, let's get straight into it. Um, so the first two issues are, in a nutshell, they're just going through like catching up with Afra after we've seen her uh, in in her stint during the Vader series. Um, it starts off with basically like an Indiana Jones style, like this guy's escaping. Um, with this artifact, uh, he gets out, Afra greets him, and then immediately just kills him. Um, and we learn later on it's because uh, he, tra he it's the stereotypical kind of like smuggler thing, right? He shot her, or he backstabbed her, left her for dead, but she didn't die, so she got the drop on him. Uh, we learn a little bit about Afra's situation that'll be driving this arc forward, where um, she basically still owes, I think it's like, it's basically the equivalent of a mortgage on the Archangel. Um, so this weird trade guy comes to negotiate or basically threaten afra with the two oh, i can't remember their names i've got i've got them somewhere here um but the big furry aliens from rogue one um they get into an argument that ends with uh black chrysanthemums still traveling with afra because he still owes her a bunch of or sorry she still owes him a bunch of money he wants to collect on it he can't if she's dead so he beats the uh white furred aliens unconscious and then they basically come to the agreement of, okay, well, you've got time to pull a job and then you'll pay us back. Uh, however, he, the, the, I don't know what you call him, debt collector, threatens Afra enough to the point where BT and Triple Zero make an excuse to go and kill him. <laughs> um, and yeah, Triple uh, Zero just straight up injects a, a, what he calls cosmetic high value neurotoxin that was into luxury. the dude's throat. Luxury, yeah, sorry, luxury yeah. neurotoxin that uh, everyone will think it was just heart failure. Um, and as they leave, there's a funny exchange where BT says something and Triple Zero goes, no, you can't light them on fire. We're trying to make this look like it's an accident. 
And BT says something. He goes, "No, humans don't spontaneously combust. It's a form of death." Um, so that kind of wraps that up. Uh, they they go and basically try to pawn off the artifact legitimately through Doctor Afra's um, doc. You know, being an arche- uh, licensed archaeologist, only to learn that uh, that license has been revoked. Uh, because apparently there's some shady stuff that goes down. We see what that shady stuff is, which was when she was in her basically like archaeological university. Um, Her teacher slash patron basically was just screwing with her, uh, didn't like how she acted, didn't like how she went about things, so took her under his wing specifically just to make her fail. Um, She learns about that, learns about his... I don't know why he he does it, but he basically is like, haha, um, look at this incredibly illegal research thing that I've set up about these like symbiotes that we're never really told why they're they're illegal or a bad thing. Yeah, it's just I mean, kind of they, if they get out, they go after your brainstem. Oh, okay, there we go. So yeah, neuro horrifying neuroparasites that are quite large. Um, and then tells her all this stuff. So she leaves and then basically steals all of them and puts them on a different world to make it look like it's an amazing archaeological find, but to just ruin this guy's life research. Because uh, now we can't go and, and study them because a bunch of other people are rushing to try and study them and figure out what's going on. And he can't tell anybody about where they really came from because then he'll basically be executed by the Empire uh, for studying these brain parasites uh, or symbiotes. So that's where it kind of ends off. Uh, we then learned that it wasn't him who leaked the info. It was uh, Afra's father, whose name I don't remember because I don't think it's ever mentioned. Um, name is here, Corin Afra. Oh, Corin Afra. So I guess it's mentioned somewhere, but in the comic, I don't know if it's mentioned. It we also get Afra's full yeah. name. Uh, we do get Afra's full name during that, yeah. um, which is Chelly Lona Afra. And then Lona's also her mother's name, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so there's a bunch of stuff there. It's a very tense meeting because um, it turns out that her dad's a force cultist. Um, and his his wife, you know, Afra's mom, basically ran away with Afra. Um, and then to basically just live in, in the Outer Rim, um, she died. And then Afra had to make her way back to her dad. Apparently it didn't go very well because then she goes off to the university. Um, so as a new force cultist... Um, her dad basically set up this whole thing to like leak that her doctorate isn't real um, because, you know, she got it through blackmail and um, basically says, if you do this job for me, I'll, you know, rescind the the leak that I made to be like, oh yeah, no, she is. It is actually a legit doctorate. Um, Afra threatens her with Chrysanthemum and triple zero, but eventually basically says, well, I can't, I'm not so heartless that I will torture my dad. So we'll do this, this run. Um, and her dad reassures her that, oh yeah, it's this, it's this little place in the middle of nowhere. Nobody knows where it is. We won't like, nobody's going to be there. It'll be an easy job. And then they go to the planet. Turns out the planet's Yavin 4. Uh, so no, considering that this is, you know, still early post empire, Vader has just figured out that Luke's his son. Um, yeah, no, it's crawling with Imperials. So it then turns into a distraction smashing or a distraction where, Afra basically six Kersantin on the Imperials. Well, he also volunteers to do it um, so that everyone else can infiltrate the Yavin 4 temple. Um, in there, we get a lot of talk about how this was something the Masasi set up, which is cool because it's it's true to legends, right? Um, the Masasi and the Sith Purebloods did build the temples on Yavin 4. Um, so we get a little bit of a throwback to that and how they're using um, 
Ruson based crystals to basically activate this part inside the temple to lead to a stellar map that uh, when they activate the stellar map, it blows up part of the temple, which is interesting. Um, but it also basically shows the path to, I think it's Roos, uh, or Rur, right? The, the, Rur, yeah. basically this Rur, area. Rur. Yeah. This area where, so Afra's dad believes that it's basically like this Jedi sanctuary where like all this amazing, um, you know, light side self restored and you can rebring peace to the galaxy. Afra then points out that, uh, this is before they entered the temple, by the way. Um, Afro points out that it's just as likely that it was a Sith, uh, like artifact yeah. that the Jedi were trying to stop. There's absolutely and the flashbacks, those are pretty cool. Like the juxtaposition yeah. between like their two stories, you get to visually see it. Yeah, that either one could be completely correct. And then BT chimes in with being like, "Why couldn't the temple be a giant astromech droid?" Triple um, Zero is like, "Yeah, shush, shush, shush." shush. Um, so we get a bunch of stuff there that's very interesting is trying to figure out what this mystery is. There's also a really interesting Easter egg that I had to like double, double. well, I actually didn't double check, but I did like a double take. Because when they're walking into the temple, Triple um, Zero walks past a bunch of droids and he's talking about how he doesn't like career droids. But then he walks by an interrogator droid and he goes, oh, ITO, love your work. And I was like, isn't ITO the droid that tortures Leia? Uh, and I, I, like I said, I didn't fully look it up. But I'm pretty sure ITO is the, the interrogation droid on the Death Star. Um, ITO? Yeah, so that's interesting. If, if that could be the designation of the droid, that. maybe? It might be, right? And so maybe it's just a, a blanket. Yeah, it's called an uh, ITO interrogator droid. Okay, so yeah, it makes sense either way, right? Because, uh, you know, Triple Zero does love his torture and interrogation. That was a pretty cool nod. Um, yeah. So they basically figure that out. They uh, There's an Imperial officer who, again, her name is mentioned a single time, so I don't fully remember it. Um, but she's basically there running this Yavin 4 operation, gets duped by Chrysanthemum, realizes it's a dupe, uh, comes back to the temple in time to find Aphra and her dad, and, and not fast enough to stop them, though, because she tries to stop them with an AT-AT. The Archangel shows up instead. Um, they're able to get away, and she tries to follow them. Um, we get a very ironic... Oh, I think it's uh, Captain Tolvin. I think so. Captain Mag um, but we get... Magna Tolvin. Okay, yeah, I don't think her first name is ever used, but I might be wrong. Um, we get a very ironic conversation um, between Tolvin and her superior officer because her superior officer is Admiral Ozel. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And he basically tells her, like, haha, you know, it's a good thing that I'm your superior officer and not Tag or Vader because uh, Vader would not be okay with these kind with even a single fa failure like this, you know, foreshadowing what's going to happen to him. Um, but that leads Tolvin to try and chase Afra, thinking that they're rebels. Afra and her dad get to her it turns out that um there's a bunch of jedi there well corpses of jedi that are long long dead um they go through uh afro basically collects all the lightsabers that as we're going to learn are horrendously old um her dad is, isn't happy with that but it ends up being good later um as they go into the crystal kind of cavern interesting like weird space-time distortion that's inside this this uh you know pre-Republic, uh, like, asteroid colony. Uh, they get ambushed by the Imperials. Chrysanthemum tries to hold them off, but ends up dipping because he's like, I'm not getting paid enough for this. Aphra and her dad get into the main chamber. BT and Triple Zero just hoof it back to the Archangel because they, they aren't seen, so, like, whatever. Um, we're just going to dip as well. Once they get inside, they activate the big machine, and they learn that, the mach that this big machine that her dad thought was going to save the galaxy is actually Rur. And it turns into this huge thing where, like, 
it basically with a real story was that there were the 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 area was controlled by people called i think it was like the osun and the jedi came in to intervene because they were doing some crazy shit with the force Rur started to compile a bunch of data together thinking that he was basically creating a backup of himself to you know guide future generations no it turns out that he was actually uploading a a basically a secondary mind of himself and that secondary mind gained consciousness and became it calls itself the real were and then the actual jedi fake were and a lot of stuff happened it basically managed to take over all the droids on the asteroid uh killed all the jedi were tried to get in and stop him didn't really work out uh because he wasn't able to kill them all at the same time but he did manage to to uh disrupt the power source so fake were well ai were basically lost consciousness and has been asleep this entire time which is an insane jedi conundrum that they had to deal with the order respect to on that one oh my god yeah yeah it's a crazy uh, plot twist basically like that happens and and uh, i should also say that this all starts because the false wakes up um he thinks he's the real ver um and demands uh to know what year it is um afro basically says tell me your backstory and i'll explain and Rur goes well i can just torture you for the information and afro goes yeah but it's a lot faster if we just quid pro quid pro quo this to which Rur goes yeah okay that makes sense so he explains this whole thing then we come back to the present um and basically the the robot or ai where i guess goes insane when he realizes it has been thousands of years because uh, Afra asks, what calendar do you use for time? He says it, and she responds with, oh, that's pre-Republic. So it's been yeah. thousands of years since you went offline. And that flips him over the edge. She's like, I can't, and Rur says, I can't um, take revenge on the living, so I'll take revenge, or sorry, I can't take revenge on the dead, so I'll take revenge on the living. Goes to kill Afra's dad. I thought it was like, okay, well, you know, we've we've achieved all of his his plot points. This is the death flag. No, turns out he's still okay. Um, Afra basically gets him to safety in in a, a scene that reminded me very much of Mass Effect 3. Uh, she basically is like, no, you stay here. I'm going to descend this elevator to go talk to the Rur Star Child. I mean, Rur um, gets up there, uh, uses one of the lightsabers that she found, which I guess is still functional, um, to take out a couple of the Rur, uh, ancient Rur droids. Uh, slashes open the dyes that they used to wake him up, grabs the power source that is basically Rur's mind, um, and then shuts the whole thing down. Everything starts to collapse. Um, back on the ground floor of this thing, um, Tolvin and her snowtroopers are getting their asses kicked by the Rur machines. Um, Afra shows up to basically uh, bring them into safety before she destroys the bridges to then uh, get rid of all the Rur robots and kind of forces Tolvin to give them passage because she's basically saying, I'm the only one who knows how we can get out of here alive. So they get on the Lambda-class shuttle. Um, Everyone's dead because the RA-7 droid that is on the Lambda um, has been possessed by Rur and is trying to kill everybody. Uh, But as soon as they get far enough away from the asteroid uh, fortress thing, um, the connection is broken and he becomes a protocol droid again. So they basically dump Tolvin and the RA-7 on some some undescript backwater world. Um, Afra's response is, it would be smarter to kill you, but you're cute. Uh, to which your dad responds, you have terrible taste in women. And Afra goes, yeah, well, where do you think I got it from? Um, 
I also forgot to mention that there, there there's a um, kind of sweet, kind of heartwarming conversation between um, Afra and her dad while they're not sure whether they're going to die or not in the Roar uh, debacle. Um, where they, they get a little bit closer, Afra admits that um, she lied about how much her mom hated uh, her dad and that she just kind of played it up because she was angry at the moment. So they have a little bit of father-daughter bonding between um, the Roar Cavern and then talking at I like generic imperial outpost where Afra gets her money. Um, they then go their separate ways because you know her dad's life work was this you know Jedi amazing artifact that has turned out to be an ancient malevolent monster. Um, oh, I forgot to mention before they get to the imperial place, they go and drop it off at I think was it mentioned in Vader or I know it's come that's, up before. Yeah, but... that's where she rescued BT one and or triple zero cortex. I think that's right. That's in right. The, the, the triple zero yeah. chip. Yeah. Um, so she goes back to that, like, I don't even remember what it's called, such with a K, but it's run by Polis Mossens. Um, to... space, Quarantine World. Oh, okay, three. yeah. And then that's where we got the, the, the line that I didn't like when it first came out, the, it belongs in an armory. Yeah. Um, but so she gives it to them for safekeeping and then, uh, goes back, hands in the lightsabers, um, and I assume the idol, but we're never actually shown if she gives them the idol or not. Which is very uh, much like a payout. Indiana Jones Temple of Doom idol. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely, well, there's like a futuristic uh, yeah. version of that. Uh, it looked almost like like if you took both side by side, you're like Ra- Raiders. Sorry, Raiders of the Lost Ark is right. where that one's yes, from. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it looked yeah. it looked very similar to that. I love that. Yeah, and so she gets the payout. Uh, it's not as much um, because highest bidding. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Now they're now empire illegal items, so there's yeah. not as many people looking for them. But um, so she meets up with Chrysanthemum, uh, basically says, "Yeah, I don't blame you. Do you have my ship?" And when he responds with no, she's like, uh, "Okay, I guess we'll have to figure something else out." Um, but she has a backup plan because the crystal that she gave to the Polis Mossens wasn't the real one, um, and so she admits that uh, she still has the real crystal and that they can get rich off of this evil entity trapped inside a giant hmm. crystal. Um, so yeah, the fact that the next arc is called the Screaming Citadel definitely doesn't have any poor implications for that plan. Right? It's so but, good. You know, gotta make money somehow, right? Oh yeah. Who did next chat? Directive Seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think about this? This is uh, I know Doctor Aphra's been in the Darth Vader series, but this is the first time where we get like it's just her. Yeah, I Which enjoyed it. I really did. More than I thought I would, anyway. Oh yeah. Mm. Like, I don't know if you've read this one before, but I, I remember you hyping up Afra and saying, I don't care about nothing else going on, but we didn't mm. read anything or know anything on her. So when I did right. read this, it was like, oh, this is, well, this makes me want to know more about the character. Yeah, it does get How into a lot of her, her life and stuff and definitely builds upon the character that we see in Darth Vader and Star it's, Wars. It's, it's funny because if we had started with this, I would have been like, oh, yeah, Dr. Afrizen, you know, she's an interesting character. She's got a, a nice, um, tragic and rough backstory. Um, all the good, all the harm, all the hallmarks of a character that is good, and I'm going to enjoy watching. Yeah. I think the biggest downside is that it starts with this belongs in an armory, and I'm like, cool, we're just going heavy handed with the female Indiana Jones references on this. Um, her stuff in Vader is, is pretty good, and then the one where she faces off against Luke and Han is so cheesy. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so that didn't do any favors. She's, yeah, to she's, me she's fighting plot armor, and it's not going to happen. 
and and she like drops a thing of bees on Han, and then like yeah, just kind of like tries to fight Luke. But I mean, granted, he's not a Jedi at that yeah. point. But this is like between guess, episode four and five. Yeah, it's just very it's very awkward, and it's like oh these it, it's it's kind of the same problem I had with Yoda's Secret War, where it feels like the plot is advancing because it has to, yeah, not because it naturally it's going. I as opposed like her, to, mm-hmm. I did like her interactions with Vader though. Like those were all really good. I think. Oh yeah, it, it's. It's nice to have a character who fully understood what the circumstances were, right? Yeah. Where she at, at the end of the first operation is like, "So this is where you kill me, right?" Yeah. Um, and the Vader goes, "Yeah," but then it's a fake out, right? Because uh, he still needs her for stuff. But yeah, so basically, my point is, this Afro comic has really cemented, like, "Oh, I'm curious to see where this character goes," um, especially learning about her backstory. And she's got a very interesting thing. So I also I, I accidentally read the annuals coming up to it. Um, so seeing a little bit of that side of Afra too, where it's it's very cool, and it kind of reminded me of what they implied with Jin or so, mm-hmm. where it's like Afra's not necessarily a good person. She still has a moral compass, and she's not a monster, um, but she's willing to screw people over if to it lets forward, her yeah. go on. However, that is only really clear in the annuals uh, because of the stories that are going on there. Yeah, um, it is nice to see flashes of that in this arc now. Um, I mean, at the very then, beginning of this, she shot a guy that got the idol out of the cave. Oh yeah, but but you know, the, it's not not even cold blood. He came out of the thing and he and he's like, "Hey, well, oh, no Afro," and he, then she shoots him. He backs, yeah, he backstabbed her. She says that when she meets oh, Triple yeah, Zero. That's right. BT, Sorry, I right? forgot about that. Yeah, sorry. Where triples? No, it's okay. Yeah, but yeah, Triple Zero's like, "Oh, I assumed that he was going to backstab you. It didn't happen." And she goes, "No, it did. I just lived through it." Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, like the the only dupe she does in this is basically Hold to the the guy who has the loan for the archangel but she doesn't screw him over triple zero does yeah um, but there's also the dupe I get a little, with tolvin like not killing her and just letting her live and that also yeah, i mean that's imperial bit. stuff that's what you I mean, know she could have killed her i don't count yeah but tolvin would have killed her so i mean it, you know the the maybe so the things i'm talking about is more like in the annual where you've got the the monster hunting couple that she fully yes. do oh, sorry yeah, this is like slightly spoilerish for everybody um oh good oh you haven't seen it either no but i mean I the the annuals. oh okay yeah. no in, in the annuals it is very it's so much colder yeah she's like, she, get pretty bad yeah like it, it is the things that she does it's downright like wow okay so you're like treading the line between hero and villain here yeah that's exactly um, where her character lays on this spectrum yeah right but not in the, this issue though like not yeah after one to six is, is a little bit more of like scoundrel with a heart of gold yes um however that heart of gold is because she's dealing with family so it's it's interesting yeah you see her kind of different, different relationship there yeah um yeah i mean the only thing that they haven't really covered in her backstory yet that i am curious about is her aptitude with the blaster um because she's got a pretty she's pretty good at it uh, but however you know the basically as we see a part of her flashback she was like six or seven when she like made her way back to her dad so well, the empire took her to somewhere i think she said and then she found her way back to her dad after that and then she said her psychologist yeah. says that she has some things going on and the issues yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Psychologist so had some issues so just a heads up like, so yeah i mean th- this is like a to quote something we all very much enjoy this is like a one piece nico robin-esque backstory where it's like she did some shit she yeah. had to survive to like get back um so it's interesting overall yeah she's a very cool character i mean i really enjoyed her invader like the Darth vader series that was mm. a really i, I like the introduction of that i felt like it was if you led with at the time 2015 like a dr afra like series people probably wouldn't have read it 
to the degree that they had to when like like she's involved with Darth Vader's like machinations and all that. Um, mm. And I think this comes around 2017 is when this started this series. So I feel like it was a good time because then you had a little bit of backstory with Afra in terms of like what is she doing um, with other characters that we know. And then we kind of get a feel for her, and now we can kind of build on that character. Now that they know that there's a lot of, you know, people that actually like the character, it warrants mm-hmm. their its own, their own um, series, right? So, and it's an ongoing series. This one goes on for like forty issues, and then yeah, there's I a mean, second Doctor Effer series after this. I haven't read that one yet, mm-hmm. but that's the 2020 series. So, uh, honestly, like my biggest complaint overall is just i still hate the design of the archangel it looks so it's like a so weird, weird it's a weird like it, fire spray it's like, it's like someone spray. it's like someone took one of the cis um hmp you know like the the droid flyers yeah. that they have with the saucer on the back and just slammed the front of it into a wall until yeah. it like flattened out into yeah. a line and it's just, I really don't like the design. Mine, of it. just the name is great. The Archangel, but, yeah. The, yeah, the name is good. I, I really like that Archangel as a name. Um, especially, especially since we know angels are canon in Star Wars, which is very weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know. Um, yeah, episode are one. Are you an angel? Ed, what did you uh, think specifically? The they see them in space. And what, did you, what did you think about the series uh, so far, like the introduction and stuff? No, um, I I want to see more. Like, obviously, the switcheroo with giving the the fake thing, the fake cri- the uh, rare crystal, the fake crystal mm. made me laugh because it made me think of a smuggler story on Alderaan, where in the old Republic you're racing to get to get a uh, oh yeah a hyperdrive or something like that, and the mm. the guy you've been chasing since the start beats you there, gives them a fake ruby, so he can, <laughs> or a fake skull so he can go get the thing, and it's just like oh yeah. It's just Pulling this day in the life of the smuggler the alliance, right? <laughs> Maria. No, she's not in it, but like it just made me think of that right away, and I started laughing. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna like this series. Yeah. I mean, as I've gotten been... older, I like the smuggler stuff way more. That's good. Oh yeah. I mean that that would have been a cool angle, right? If they'd used this, I I don't think they have because I've never heard about it, but they used this to you know bring in like Talon Card and Booster Tarek and kind of yeah. have that circle of smugglers. That would be cool. I mean, like I said, I don't think it's happened because I feel like we would have heard something by now. Oh, they probably. probably either um, A, don't know, or just completely overlooked it. Yeah, I fell yeah. off the comics for like three years, so four years now, I guess. Because that would be a neat thing, right? If it's like she's one of the the trio slash quartet of the Smugglers Alliance because, right. you know, Han Solo is in Legends is like half, <laughs> yeah. half a founder of the Smugglers Alliance. But you can't really be a sm- part of the Smugglers Alliance when you're no longer a smuggler. True, true. And you're a general. Anyways, um, that's a, yeah. I did really love to see BT1 and Triple Zero again and doing their their thing that they do. Like, it's just, mm. I love it. I love their shenanigans. I love the shit they get up to. And then when the Empire comes, they like hide in like the little like alleyway to the near the entrance of the cave where Rur is. And they see the mm. Empire. He's like, BT, one sec. And then like the Empire goes by. like, oh, well, I'm sure they'll be fine. We'll just wait until we get back to the ship. They get back to the ship and calm just before they get shot. Or just yeah, after just they get did. shot. The the absolute highlight of them is the fact that B, uh, BT, one. BT has a function that allows Triple Zero to basically ride him like a scooter. Or yeah, like a where he has like, little handles and the little platforms <laughs> come yeah, out of his yeah. back feet. Yeah, that was so good. Like that. That's, that's hilarious. Funny. It's it's interesting to me that basically like out of Afra's crew, she's the one with the least combat expertise. I guess Triple Zero as well. Yeah, he's more um, tortured. Yeah, 
but yeah, BT and Chrysanthemum are like all of the muscle. Like Chrysanthemum just solos an insane, like just wants to kill everything. Yeah. yeah, and he does right at certain points. I do like the part where um, to. Afro Afro tells BT to make a distraction, um, and he oh, just yeah. kills them all with grenades. And, and yeah, Triple Zero is like, yeah, yeah, you will. We will slow them down if they're dead. Yes, that yeah. is true. <laughs> that is fair. It's like, man, yeah. <laughs> I love their their thought process of all this shit. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. it's so so sadistic. You're just like, oh, you guys back at the shenanigans again and i, I remember that um from chicago i bought the kotobukiya uh paired figures of bt1 triple zero mm. i still I, I it's in the storage uh locker somewhere but uh i gotta find those because these guys are great and i gotta put them up <laughs> but uh, yeah i think we all really enjoyed this i think it's a good introduction to like starting to understand who afra is and how she functions um and a little bit more about her backstory so all in all yeah. a good a good good comic series are you guys ready to head yeah. into the rankings? Yeah, I think so. Welcome to the rankings of this episode. We're going to rank this based on all the other comics that we've seen and read and kind of place it where we think it kind of fits uh, with everybody. So I think we'll start with Noma because we started with Ed last time. Sure. Uh, for me, this one's a solid 7.5. Yeah. Um, the I, honestly the biggest downside i think outside of you know i mentioned archangel before um but the only thing that i kind of wish we got more of was more like afra honestly yeah so um, sharing the screen with a lot of people exactly that's true you've got her dad building up a lot of stuff and we do get those nice moments that you know i almost forgot to mention um where they bond a little bit um you know we've got but like a lot of the the spotlight really feels like it's dominated by showing how badass black chrysanthemum is um, and then, you know, we'll show Afro for a little bit and then I'll go to BT and triple zero and then I'll go back to her dad. And then, you know, it's just, the focus is very divided and it's not a bad thing overall. Cause otherwise I wouldn't have given it a 7.5. Right. Um, but it was compared to how much Vader we see in the Vader series versus, yeah. well, even volume one of Vader versus how much Afro we see in Afro volume one. It just, it felt like there was a bit of a disparity, um, as opposed to stuff that I've given eights like, uh, Kanan. Um, and some of the other Vader issues that are super heavily focused on, um, you know, Vader. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So again, 7.5 is, I think, just about where it is. Very nice. Ed, how about you? Uh, I give it a seven at this point, just because oh, okay. it's, it's solid. It's honestly solid. It's a good foundation. I just need more. And if it's, this didn't seem like villain of the week. It's kind of small art to be like, hey, you want to know who I am? Here's a story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. You must then, be wondering like, how I got myself into this situation. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it's her, it's her dad. You know about her mom, you know about her dad. We already know about BT and those guys from the other ones. So it's just like, okay, this is, since it's her series, you need to start off with her backstory. They got that out of the way. Now let me see the story, mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, six issues of setup, great. I know what she's about. I know what well, kind of. I know how she's really even with the, working with her dad to do stuff. She still looks out for herself. Cool. Let's see you take that into the galaxy. So it's, solid start. I actually tied up with Noma with a seven point five. I feel like this is a little bit better than Star Wars Volume Four, uh, Last Flight of Harbinger. I don't know. I just I really enjoyed getting to see the characters that I, we haven't seen in a little while now um, and getting back into it. I, I did read this prior to, like I, I read it back in 2017. 
Um, and it's it's just nice to jump back into it and see how the story goes. And I remember some of these characters that um, that come up in this issue, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's a good story that gives us a little bit more understanding of what happened before the Republic, um, before we saw the High Republic, <laughs> of course. But um, no, it was re- it was really good. We got to see Black Chrysanthemum just wipe the floor with the Imperials for so long. Um, that was that was insane. Like a whole contingent just getting destroyed by one Wookie. Um, yeah. that was pretty cool and and one random tentacle megafauna yeah we saw that randomly just come out of the ground i was like <laughs> did he coax it out of the ground we don't know but yeah it was pretty cool and uh yeah 7.5 for me any last thoughts before we get into the outro guys all right let's get into the outro Welcome to the outro of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and reading along if you did. Um, Ed is going to let you know how you can get a hold of us and let us know what you thought of this issue or our review of it. As we mentioned before, all this information you can find over at voiceoftheforce.com. You can find our email, voiceoftheforce at gmail.com if you prefer communicating that way. If you're more of a social media person, we have Twitter, Instagram, and threads. We are at voiceforcepod on each platform. Anything you do, retweet or repost, could be anything we put out such as this great great hint about something you should watch in the next little while this is the 20th of january so about last week or the week before there was a fan film that was posted on youtube called x-wing amazing film about 50 minutes you have an hour in your day to take and watch this i highly highly suggest you do so i'll find a link that we can put into the episode description as well but look for that if you enjoy more funny things, there's always the AFK series for the Empire. Check that one out. It is a great parody series. And if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll, you'll find something you enjoy from it for sure. And please listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. If you do leave us a review with, hey, five stars and a comment, it will help with visibility. So the next person you tell about the podcast will find that much easier to find us. And remember, when you subscribe, you subscribe. It's free to do so. And when you do, you will get the latest episode as soon as it releases. Honorable mention Twitch. We are on Twitch, as Noma said, three times a week, Tuesdays from 10 p.m. EST on Fridays from 6 p.m. to about 9 p.m. EST, and then on Saturdays from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. EST. Please keep a look on Instagram and Twitter for updates as to when we will be streaming and a little bit on what the stream might be, though. But until next time. Thank you, Ed and Noma. And remember, ain't no hustle like a hustle.